You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. This morning is our Conversation with Smart People series, as I am excited to bring on our next guest, as I've referred to as a phenomenal woman, Um, Autumn Sonata. Thank you, Queen, for being with us this morning. How are you doing? Yay! I am well. I am well. Excited to be here. Honored to be invited. So, yeah, let's get into it. No, absolutely, and um, I'm fortunate. I've been fortunate enough to uh, be on a broadcast with you, and I think it was pretty, pretty dynamic. So I, I you know, so so mm-hmm. you know, I got to try to make sure I hold the standard because when I was on your show, it was pretty <laughs> dynamic. So uh, I got to hold the standard and make sure I pull out you all that you pulled out of me when I was fortunate <laughs> enough to be on your broadcast. But for any first time listeners out there, uh, my conversation with, with Smart People series is, uh, as I always like to say, I bring on people who, who are a little smarter than myself in different areas of uh, expertise. And this queen right here, background is pretty vast. Um, I consider this conversation just unique because your your specialty, uh, you know, I'll just throw this out and I'll let you give a little bit of your own background. Um, you are a black woman in tech, if you will. We'll highlight that uh, a little later, if we will. But uh, a, a big part of following you and, again, being fortunate enough to have, you know, been on the broadcast with you as I've just come to see you as, as someone who who is dynamic in many 
many, 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 many respects. And so what we'll do here is just we'll let you tell people a little bit of your background, what, what you want them to know at this point, and we'll dig in with this conversation with smart people. And it won't be a full show just about you uh, because, again, you have brilliant <laughs> perspectives, in my opinion. And so we'll we'll delve into some current topics. Uh, uh, and, and, unfortunately, the gender war is something that's near and dear uh, to us just because we want to solve it, not because we enjoy it. Uh, so we'll bring up some of that as well. But if you will, Queen, just give people a little bit of your background, and we'll just get, you know, started with this morning's discussion. Okay. So, yeah, um, a divorced mother of five, been married twice. Um, I started in tech back in, I want to say, 2002 when I started working for Apple, uh, started on a support level. Just always had a knack and an interest and in, like this undying curiosity for tech and how um, it works, you know, in all areas of our life and how it digs into our psychology. Um, eventually got into programming and that's kind of been my underbelly for my, uh, or my stepping stones into tech. And that's what I do now. I'm an API specialist. Um, was in that role for a few years with a major tech company out here and currently in that role with a startup. So, um, yeah, that's kind of been my, my experience with tech, just programming. I use coding for a lot of um, personal um, experiences. It's kind of how I navigate life, period, coding, kind of digging into people's mental and their makeup and the psychology of uh, human behavior. Um, I use it in my daily life with my children, um, digging into their behaviors and their anatomy of things and how they think and helping them process um, I have an 18-year-old who's actually at Penn State. Well, not now. He's on break, but he's a computer science major, and I think my curiosity for tech and the way that he viewed um, the flexibility with the different career paths with tech is why he jumped into it. So that's his career path now, and I have a couple of gamers in in my squad of five. So, yeah, it's kind of been infused in every part of my life, and now it's my children's lives. Um, it presents its own, you know, complexities and, and, and obstacles being a black person in tech and more than that, being a black woman in tech. Um, it is a white male-dominated industry, and my focus with my nonprofit that I am starting up called In My Bag Foundation will be uh, helping black women kind of step into the tech industry and giving them the resources to um, honor and nurture those soft skills and those um, those. Uh, necessary skills for coding to get them comfortable enough to, you know, enter into the industry. So that's one of my projects. The other one, and we'll talk about that later, but yeah, more of the backdrop of me um, in tech, mother of five, um, bit of a nerd, uh, very outspoken, have a podcast that I'll be relaunching uh, mid-January and yeah, a whole bunch of other stuff. So let's get into it. Let's talk about it. No, absolutely. Again, we wear many a hats. Um, and what I'm most impressed by is how you, again, just from following you and getting to know you, you just seem to balance it all. And so it sounds yeah. like, um, as you as you kind of mentioned in giving your background, somehow this curiosity into tech has kind of taught you how to pull it off. Um, and, and I say pull it mm-hmm. off because, again, that is an interesting background. Mother of five, as mm-hmm. you say, um, divorced a couple of times. 
lines, but from what I can tell, um, just outside looking in, I just love the dynamic between, you know, for what I can see um, between you and your children. And, and, and again, it sounds like, as you said, you're applying things that you've learned in reference to behavior. And I guess in a sense, mm-hmm. it helps you in a sense um, raise these, from what I can tell, these wonderful children that seem to live life just as their mother, oh, yeah. just as their mother does. You know, like one thing I think when I look at you, the one thing I see immediately is that you are authentically living. And so I know that that is a, a big part of your platform as well. And so uh, just, you know, just mention that we got a couple of minutes before we go to the break. When we go after the break, we'll get more into how you, in a sense, got here. Uh, but if you could just even speak to that concept of intentional living, as I think was a word a lot of people use today. But if you could just even speak to that before we go to the break, and then we'll kind of break down, you know, some of your story coming out of the break. But, uh, yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that, Queen? Yeah, I think that um, my perspective on authentic and intentional living kind of was birthed in my last uh, marriage, and it, it kind of, you know, rooted in the middle of that marriage and all the conflict. And, and I, I started to dig into psychology and human behavior when I, find my, I found myself not understanding what was happening in my life, not understanding how I got there, why I was with the person that I was with, and, and why I allowed it to enter into my children's lives. So a lot of different experiences, and I won't say bad. I think they were very valuable lessons that I had to learn that were necessary for me to learn and get to where I am. Um, but it, it rooted my curiosity in human behavior and psychology. So um, I, I, I reached this level of fed-upness is what I like to call it, where I was so <laughs> low that I, I realized that there's no lower I can go from here. Either I go up or I stay here and die. So I either stay stuck or I um, or I, mm. I, I get up and I move. And so what that looked like for me was doing my research. Um, I had to stop reacting to things that were damaging to me because I realized that the more I fought it, the more it hurt me. And um, just getting curious about why I was in that space because I believe in, in the spiritual world we call it detachment in where we um, don't believe that we belong to any one person or any one thing or even ourselves, but that people are in our lives and things and circumstances happen in our lives for a reason and for a season and that they're there to teach us something. And letting go of the idea that someone is supposed to be with you or for you at all times in any way that you believe they are is a very selfish uh, way of thinking. So people came into my lives, including my ex-husband, to teach me something that I needed to learn, and I was, I was not aware or willing to be aware that he was there for that purpose because I felt like marriage was, you're here for me, I'm getting something out of this beautiful thing, and it's supposed to last forever, so I'm supposed to consume whatever you're offering or the idea of what I want for forever, and it's supposed to feel good. And coming to the realization that that is not the case, um, we are in each other's lives to teach each other something, to bring up and uproot something, a trauma or a trigger that is supposed to brought, um, be brought to the surface to be healed. And I'm grateful, and that's another thing that I practice on a daily basis to the point where it's my disposition now, I'm grateful for the experiences and the lessons that he taught me 
uh, indirectly, indirectly, because a very wise person. No, nah, sounds um, great. Sounds great. Let's go to this break. No, absolutely. Let's All go right. to this break when we come out. Let's talk in a sense about that process out of this, um, out of that break. You're listening to the mm-hmm. Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, or All I Ask, because that's you think. This morning's discussion, with conversation with smart people, our special guest, Autumn Sonata. We'll be right back. All I Ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Big Sense Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sense Media. You need web design? Call Big Sense Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sense Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sense Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com, 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Call them at 404-465-4348. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's conversation with smart people, Autumn Sonata. Thank you, Queen, again for being with us. Um, Let's segue right into... um, what you were talking about, um, because it's quite amazing uh, when I, to me, again, to watch and see how you move now with this intentional living perspective as you were, in a sense, breaking it down prior, you know, prior to the break. Uh, but it's amazing mm-hmm. to see that that's how you live and just know of your story. As you said, in a sense, two divorces, uh, five children that you're raising. And, and, you, and again, it, it, I love to watch how you, in a sense, do it. Uh, but typically, that background doesn't lead to someone, in a sense, living. It doesn't lead to, to people mm-hmm. intentionally living, uh, uh, if you will. If, if, in a sense, you were still, I'll just throw this out there, if you were still broken, it almost would, in a sense, if that's what you want to call it, that it would almost mm-hmm. be understandable mm-hmm. just, just from hearing the outskirts of the story, not knowing the details, but in somebody having had that experience, if they were in a sense struggling to figure out this time, most people would understand that. But instead, you have blossomed into this space. So, you know, if you could just even mm-hmm. dev um, into when you were mentioning before the break, the aspect of you're saying, hey, I can't go any lower. Um, if you could just even briefly tell us what that looked like when it was so low, uh, uh, in a sense, maybe how did you get there? Yeah. We, don't, we don't have to dwell on it too long, but just to kind of give some context. I've come from this to now this. Let's, let's, go, let's go back to, to that low moment, if you will. Yeah, so 
just like in tech, a lot of things that um, I've learned in tech, I apply it to personal life again. And one of those things was the five layers of why. And um, I tell people a lot of times when they're wanting to unpack an issue, whether it be um, a technical issue or a mental issue, an emotional blockage, uh, relationships, before you even enter into a relationship with someone else, ask those five questions, why? Um, and it's basically just troubleshooting yourself. I had to get, I was so low that I had to get to a point where I was just tired of laying there. Um, emotionally, I was just dead and still. I stopped feeling anything. The excitement was gone. The curiosity was gone. It was just an, a contentment and a settlement that came into my, my, uh, my spirit about where I was. And my personality wouldn't allow it to stay there. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling myself. I wasn't uh, the vibrant, you know, um, outspoken and kind of, you know, bubbly person that I know that I am. So I was kind of stagnant and stiff in that relationship. And so when I got tired of that, of just walking around like a zombie, I started asking myself, why? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel stuck? And when I answer that question, let me, let me ask you this real quick, just to just to get a little more context. Um, mm-hmm. um, in in you uh, as you were about to break in, break down how you kind of came out of it. What would you mm-hmm. say, in a sense, got you there? And I can I even mm-hmm. ask, um, in a sense, what was that like for your yeah. children to experience you in that moment? So just a little more context before you walk us out of coming from that space, if you don't mind. You know, just give us a little more in in that, just because I want to well, understand. Yeah. And, you know what what that looked like well that's that's another layer the third layer was where okay. i okay. actually came out of the selfishness and, and looked at my kids um the first layer was like why am i laying here why am i stuck because i had to get up and move first and i was i literally envisioned myself being in we had this huge walk-in closet being in this walk-in closet and i that's what that was my escape room basically. But when I entered that room where I had all these affirmations and beautiful quotes on the wall, there were also holes that reminded me of the fights and the arguments that we had and the frustrations taken out on the wall. So it was a a room of destruction and and it was also a um, valuable reminder of where I was at that point. So I would ask myself, why am I stuck? Why am I here? And um, what is the purpose of me being here? And then the question was, how do I get out of here? So the door led me out of that room. So even though it was just a room inside the still, you know, space of destruction, our home, it was still a stepping stone, me getting out and getting out of that space. So being a visual learner, I had to, well, I would look at things like emotionally, how would I leave, and then physically seeing myself leave. So that really helped me. Um, Getting out of that space, on my third step is where I started seeing my children because once I left the closet and left my room, I'd see my children. And the third question of why is why are they here experiencing and what are they experiencing from this? What are they getting from it? And even though I have four boys, it was my girl, my daughter, and I'm going to try not to cry because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a mushy mother. But um, playing back on my experiences, with relationships and even with that one, I would look at her and say, is this what I want from her? Because as mothers and as parents, we example and demonstrate how love looks to our children. And stepping outside of my own selfishness and realizing, while, yes, you are a great mother to most people and to your children, they love that you provide and, you know, protect them, but are you really protecting them 
are you really holding space for their emotional intelligence to blossom if they're stuck in the same space with you, especially your daughter? Everything that you do, she's going to see is okay and acceptable for someone else to do to her. So what seeds are you planting in her? So once I got outside of myself and stopped thinking selfishly, it was, what am I doing with my children? And that third level of why was the, that was the deal breaker. That was us going to counseling. And while he was thinking we were getting better and understanding one another to come closer, I was understanding us and realizing that we were not supposed to be together. So that's when the crack happened and my mental was shifting away from the marriage. So you can imagine for him, it was a shocker when I'm like, we need to divorce. Whereas he was like, hey, we're, we're getting better. We're, we're going to be, you know, happy again. And so um, it was an easy transition for me because I had already been through the therapy and the, my, my layers of why to realize why this was not supposed to happen and why I allowed myself to enter that space, uncovering why I attracted myself to him in the first place, what he offered and what I wanted from that situation versus what I really needed from myself. Once I figured that out, it was it was a very easy um it was an easy decision, decision to make. Yeah. So um I left Was there any similarities? Oh I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I I I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but I left that situation well, the marriage feeling whole. I left that already starting my healing wow. process versus feeling broken mm-hmm. and downtrodden and discouraged. I left it feeling free and I was definitely okay. And my children, in, uh, as a result of that, they saw the same thing. And there were things that they told me outside, you know, after the marriage had ended that they felt like they could not express while we were married because they, they didn't feel safe. And I think a lot of women, and men too, when we're in a situation where we are provided or protected or you know, feel secure in, in whatever that situation is, we tend to numb our needs. And so our children, they feel that, and they become numb to it, too. So we both are suppressing feelings and emotions and authenticity that we're not aware of until after we're free from that situation. Wow. Were there any similarities in, I guess I keep hearing you say, um, you were, you know, and I can only imagine, like you said, how hard that must have hit him if the because typically when couples are resorting to therapy, the goal is obviously to typically to try to keep things together. So I could definitely imagine mm-hmm. how hard it hit him to feel like the therapy was helping. We're working. We're trying to make this thing work. And you actually with mm-hmm. the therapy and in, in a sense came to that conclusion. This is not the right situation. Uh, did you, were there mm-hmm. any similarities in how you chose, you know, again, just to dig a little deeper into the, the history, mm-hmm. uh, were there any similarities in how you, selected in a sense maybe both of your husbands was there something similar because uh, I know quite often a lot of times in our relationships uh, as you say yeah. there are mm-hmm. really no losses there are only lessons and quite often when yeah. our, well, a lot of times we will repeat repeatedly in a sense go after the same person sometimes when we haven't learned those lessons so were there any similarities yeah. between the first and second husband well let me start by saying my first husband um, we got together when I was 19 I was green on the scene, hadn't dated anyone prior to that, really. Um, I was a virgin through high school, wasn't really interested in, in uh, dating. I, I felt like at that time guys were beneath me at my school, intellectually anyway. I was just like, okay, you're not emotionally or, or uh, intelligent enough 
to deal with me. So I just rather not. I was kind of mean in high school. <laughs> so I didn't really. Uh, so so I'm glad really, I met you later, not not not, not then. Yeah, because I, I would have been so dismissive. Oh, I, would have, I, would have been so dismissive. I would have. I could even imagine you being mean. The, the lady Man. I've met and got, come to know, I couldn't imagine that you have a mean bone in your body. I, I definitely want. Yeah, I, you might want to talk about your high school years versus having this show. And and there's people all over my page who I went to high. I went to various high schools because I was a military brat. But I was just internally, like, just, like, closed off. And I would look at jocks and be like, yeah, no, nah, you're a jock. Like, you're not even – I didn't even give them a chance. <laughs> you know, I was so – I was rude, man. I was a whole joke in the street. I mean, I wasn't so, a star uh, football player, but I would have – you know, I probably would have tried to holler. You feel me? You would have just cooked looking at you <laughs> up and down funny. like, Negro, <laughs> you know? I was a smart, decent football player. Do I, do I still wouldn't have had a shot? <laughs> nah, 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 just because I was taught to play football, I was like, yeah, nah, your head ain't got knocked off a few times. You ain't got no brain cells left. We ain't doing this. Yeah, so that, that oh, was that is hilarious. Life. I was so arrogant internally. So, yeah, anyway, um, my first husband, uh, I attracted to him because he was, he was an external demonstration of what I was internally. I was very, very quiet and shy and very reserved in school, um, but through other ways I expressed myself, like through my hair and different things. But he was like the loud, outspoken New Yorker who was just like very in-your-face and aggressive. And I was like, ooh, that's a lot of masculine energy, not considering that there could be something unhealthy under that. He could be compensating for something, but no, at first glance, it was like, okay, you got my attention. So it was just um, us being together for such a long time, and I didn't know what healthy looked like um, from childhood, you know, trauma and stuff, and that really plays a part in how you choose your partners. But I wanted something completely opposite of what I've seen. He was a very gentle uh, person when it came to handling me, um, not much of a provider at all. Um, but he, he felt like a friend. He was, he was such a cool, like genuine guy. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go get her. I keep a job. I'm very smart. I'll handle, you know, the financial aspect of it. No problem. We don't have to do the traditional route. I was so anti-tradition. And, um, what I had to come to realize is that what was rooted in me was, you know, that traditional belief is what I, I needed. I needed a provider. I needed a protector. I needed someone who made me feel safe and secure in, you know, in our environment. And um, I negated that for a long time. So we, we stayed together, broke up so many times, um, had babies after babies. And, you know, we, I got content in just being his, his wife and uh, a mother and, you know, not wanting to feel the shame of society um, in leaving that relationship with kids. And so, again, it got to a level of fed upness and looking at my daughter, and she was young when we divorced, and saying that this is not what I want from you. I don't want her to be a, um, a backbreaker, someone who's just out there just doing it and doing it and never having, you know, time to be herself or just take a break. And so um, he was shocked when I left that relationship. And the thing about me is that I'm very matter-of-fact when I make my mind up. It's like this is what I want, this is what I feel, this is how it is, 
and you decide at this time or later on, whenever you choose, to accept it. That's not my, my burden. You take that and do what you want. I'm out. So we divorced, and um, almost immediately it seemed like my, you know, husband, uh, Reginald, when I met him, he was the exact opposite of my first husband, just a strong provider. He was in tech, too, super smart and wise, um, uh, just ready. He was so sure about us, and that certainty was something that I did not have in my last relationship. He was just really gung-ho about me and super aggressive about anything and anyone who would oppose me. And I saw it as a, a good thing at first, not realizing that this is an issue, that there's an insecurity so big here that um, you would go to a level of harming someone if they looked at me wrong. And at first I was like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a protector. No, nah, that's, mm-hmm. that's damage. And that's going to rub off on you and your children. It's not It's not going to um, – it's not going to nurture a place mm. of safety for you. So um, it was that lasted. That marriage lasted a strong four months before I looked into divorce. It was it was that bad wow. that fast. It was that it quick. was that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you like, what it sounds mm-hmm. like, and and tell me. I mean, I figured you've kind of said it already, but I'll just say, you know, just as I'm mm-hmm. listening to you talk about it, um, and you know, obviously, you, like you said, you went in a sense from marriage to marriage, um, but even mm-hmm. those navigating relationships, whatever you want to call them, yeah, it's it's very likely a lot of times. So, nece- yeah, you didn't necessarily repeat the cycle of getting in a sense the same kind of man but also what quite often we will make the mistake of is after having a long-term relationship whoever shows up with whatever was missing mm-hmm. in the last situation if they show up with that yeah. we 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 attach to that so strongly that we do overlook the other things and so it sounded like mm-hmm. that was more of the scenario as I listened to you speak about it in a sense all the yeah. in all the ways that he was opposite of your Previous, it was so attractive that y'all went forward and got you know married. And you're right that that jealousy aspect, um, you know, I, I've I've come to learn, or at least some 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 uh, some wise ladies have kind of broke down to me that you know a little bit of jealousy is okay. I don't really that's not really in my nature, uh, but mm-hmm. it can. Like you said, it can be a thing that looks like, oh, okay, he's just being protective of me, and then come to find out that person, if it's mm-hmm. over the top, they're like that about everything. So I've yeah. definitely, uh, in a sense, heard that you know plenty of times. We're actually up against the break, mm-hmm. um, but I'll give you a quick thought um, before we go to this break, and um, and we can you know continue after the break. But go ahead, Queen. So you know, yeah, um, I think it's important to know that when you are ready to enter a relationship, you don't, you don't enter it with the mindset of what can you give me or what can you offer me. Um, entering into a healthy relationship means that, that you have one with yourself first, uh, one with a grateful disposition where your mindset is, what can I offer to this person? And I think starting from there lets you mm-hmm. – uh, it gives you a certain um, level of value and respect for yourself so that you don't um, invest in someone who's taking, but someone who is healthy enough and mentally stable enough to receive. And when that person is able to receive what you're offering, they're willing and ready to also give. 
And so I think that um, nah, that makes is one a lot of sense. I think a lot of us, yeah, I think a lot of us never, ever, really ever learn that because, some, you know, there's a million books about it, but that's something that I don't mm-hmm. think ever really gets established for, established for a lot of people. And so we kind of mm-hmm. often move from dysfunction to dysfunction, even within our relationships, mm-hmm. uh, quite often happens. We are up against mm-hmm. the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. It's that time of holiday time of year. So we have another cut from Taylor Pace. Close to Christmas from Square Business Entertainment. We'll be right back. Air is freezing, the flakes are falling. The hearts of everyone you love start calling. Kids in the snow playing, while the cookies are baking. Their hillside slaying and snowmen making, oh yeah. Decorations in the lights, as far as the eye can see. Chimney smoke, cloudy yeah, but it's quite clear to me. It must be getting close to Christmas Day. Lit up trees and the snow, tell me Santa's on his way. The feeling I get when I go back home always makes me want to stay. Oh, it must be getting close to Christmas Day. Nothing like family when you've been away for a while. Smelling mama's good cooking. Makes our stomachs growl. Eating like we about to solve. Now we're ready to play some cards. Sharing stories over music. Everybody's laughing. Oh, decorations light. As far as the eye can see. Chimney smoke. Cloudy air, but it's quite clear to me. It must be getting close to Christmas Day. The trees and the snow, the snow is on its way. All day long, all I see is everybody perfect when I'm scrolling Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's conversation with smart people features Autumn Sonata, as I call her a phenomenal woman. For anybody that's on, mm-hmm. the second call, second hour will be open call, so keep that in mind. Definitely looking for the truth seekers to get in on the conversation in the second hour. Uh, but in the meantime, as we continue to dig into, uh, again, a wonderful story for you to get in, I consider this wonderful wonderful place. And the reality is um, with your story, um, you know, as you like to say, you are, you know, at this point dating with a purpose. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I think that's something that in a sense we should highlight uh, what that looks like as as you've given in a sense saying, hey, here's been my story. Here's how I've approached it a couple times. And now this is what I think Uh, I am now still Mm -hmm. in a sense dating with a purpose. Um, So if you could in a sense bring, you know, that to the table or what that looks like as a part of this authentic living, um, if you will, Autumn? Yeah. So with me, with having children and entering the dating scene, um, it can be a scary, you know, thing for most people. Um, I'm not one who believes in introducing my children to anyone right away. Um, I look at my children and, and view them as jewels, as treasures, and I don't give my treasures to anybody it's something that has to be earned. Um, my children trust my discernment well enough, as well as I trust theirs, to to um, know who's um, 
who's worthy of entering their space. I protect their space at all times. So even with dating, that looks like if I go on a date with someone and, um, you know, we're going out or whatever, a lot of times a guy will ask me or assume that, you know, he can come pick me up. No, no. My children's space, their home, their sanctuary is guarded. And even if someone wants to just pull up, and, you know, want me to come out to the door, that's unacceptable for me. I don't want my children to even see someone that I could be, you know, dating until it is someone that I fully trust with their um, with their safety. So um, dating with a purpose looks like me meeting you where we are, where we're going to, you know, be at, and um, me getting to know you better before you even, you know, meet my children. By the time that someone meets my children, that means that we're looking at an exclusive, you know, monogamous relationship and someone that I can see being my husband and me, their wife, you know, at some point. Um, It also means asking a lot of questions. Dating is the data gathering stage. Um, Being a a single mother of five and in tech and, you know, having these different things going on, I don't have the bandwidth to, to entertain multiple people. Like, I have to be selective and intentional about who I give my time to and who I gift my time to because my time is a gift. And someone who I decide to spend that with, um, I would hope that they see themselves the same way. So you have to value yourself when you're dating me, and that's something that I look for. If you feel like I am the only valuable, you know, factor in this relationship or this situation, then what are you, what are you offering that um, I can see as valuable? So we have to, you know, value ourselves first and foremost. I believe in individuality over everything else. And um, dating with a purpose looks like me asking questions, like, what is your purpose? What do you believe you're here for? Because if you don't know what that is, then how am I supposed to compliment that? Or are we just going to wing this whole life thing and we're we're on forty or, or above? Um, what are your ideas, you know, of family? Do you want more children? Do you have children? And just one of my preferences in dating is that it be with someone who has child-rearing experience, whether that be a coach or a mentor or a father, an involved father, but someone who has the ability to see life through a child's eyes and has that, that level <laughs> of empathy, someone who does not, would not be, akin, you know, keen to because I need you to, you know, be sure that you can handle my children's, you know, mentalities. I have very, um, very wise kids. And while they're never disrespectful, they're vocal about their emotions and what they see. And um, they're very protective as well. So I need you not to be offended by their wisdom because you have that of your own and you understand that. So um, it's a lot of that that comes with dating intentionally. Uh Mm-hmm. Maybe with someone who's patient. I was in a relationship um, not too long ago where the person wanted to move so fast because they were so sure of me that it threw up red flags. And that's another thing. Don't turn red flags white just because it feels good because either you're being triggered or your trauma is being, being coddled or you're not paying attention to what this person is, is, is trying to do and what you're accepting. So, um you got to be patient enough and loving enough to move slow. And if uh, you feel like it's worth it, then you'll be willing to do that. So, uh, No, nah, it makes a lot of sense. For anybody out there, 
for anybody out there listening, I mean, I, I think y'all gather why I, in a sense, see this queen as brilliant. Um, and again, you're just hearing her real life experience. And, you know, it's a lot of people out there. In a sense, we always see the people talking about, in a sense, how to in, involve ourselves within relationships. And again, I just hear a lot of wisdom through experience. And there's one thing that you said when you were talking about the idea of figuring out if that other person values themselves. Um, Here's a little thought that I think is just again a little piece of uh, a little piece of thing that I think it all would, it all would all help us to learn. And again, I don't have the experience that you have. Um, you know, you know, most people know if you're a first time listener, I've never been married. Um, something that is still something that is near and dear to me. Um, but I do, do think there's just one um, thing that that all of us could stand to learn. And, again, I think it relates to that concept where you were saying the idea of does that other person value, themse- value themselves while they're getting to know you. And it's the concept of mm-hmm. learning, and, and I, I think every child should be mm-hmm. taught this, is that it's okay to not be, to, to, to not be liked. If, I'm, I'm not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. For someone not to like you, maybe I should say it that way. Um, like mm-hmm. how that is okay. Um, and, 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 and if you never learn that, then that's how even from your inform for in your formative years through middle school and through high school and if if you never learn just that one concept that's how you can get caught up and moved by the crowd where you're always seeking to be liked and so when you mm-hmm. take that into a individual relationship that's how we get into the the tendency of what I call is putting our best foot forward instead of just being mm-hmm. in a sense who you are and if you're fortunate enough mm-hmm. to in a sense teach your child it's okay to to not be liked, if you will. If you if a child, if you can get a child to understand that, then someone does you a favor to look at exactly who you are and say, well, now nah, this is not the relationship I want to be in. While that can seem mm-hmm. hurtful if you've never taught that, it actually ends up being a good thing because now mm-hmm. if you show up as you are and somebody likes that person, now you're in a good starting place. Not even saying that's who you should be with, right? But that's a great starting place versus what they what they call it. Those the representative shows up for three months, if if you will. Yeah. Um, but go ahead, Ooh. Queen. I'll let you kind of jump in on that. But I just feel like a lot of what you said and valuing yourself includes a little bit of what I'm saying there. Again, going deeper into the, the psychology of how we, in a sense, should approach dating with a purpose. At least, you know, that's my three cents on on what yeah. you said. Yeah, I think um nurturing your your um your rejection bone is is necessary. <laughs> and whether that starts from childhood or whether you learn how to how to build that muscle later on through experience, it's definitely necessary in the dating stage because everybody's not going to like you and their preferences are theirs and it's not your business or your your duty or your job to try to shape someone um, their perception into or their perspective into, you know, favorable for you. It, there's people who do not like me, and I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Love them still, and I may like, you know, certain parts of them or whatever, but I'm totally cool with rejection because what that is is just that person is doing me a favor by making room for someone who does. And when you show up to people you know, with the idea that you have to impress them or mold and twist and bend yourself into their into their favor, you know, in order to make them uh, view you a certain way, you're dishonoring yourself. You're dehydrating yourself because now you're looking thirsty 
trying to garner favor of somebody else who you don't even know or probably don't even like yourself. So um, when I'm dating whoever I'm talking to, I ask a lot of questions about who they are, their history, their background, um, how they view their exes, whose fault was it in the relationship. Because one thing about me, if I ask you about your ex, your ex and the blame is all on them, we got a problem. Houston, we got a problem. <laughs> so you mean to tell me you didn't learn anything in that relationship about yourself. So that's a loss to you instead of a lesson. Okay, so we can't move forward because you, you're, not, you're not a student. You're a victim. And if you are still in victim mode, then uh, we can't move forward because I can't let you rub that off on me. Um, but, yeah, being okay with not being liked, um, being a mother of five, you know, most of the time the assumption is that I was just out there just wilding, <laughs> you know, and couldn't mm-hmm. be a man have you the question um sometimes the question were you married does not come the assumption takes over and people leave with this blindfold and that's fine with me i expect that Mm -hmm. you know from people um but it doesn't hinder or or have me hesitate with moving forward and dating um rejection is there it's definitely there um it's not loud and resounding but I've seen people say to others when they ask that question about dating a single mom that dating a single mom is a red flag. Like, we don't have time. Um, we place our kids above, you know, uh, we prioritize our kids above that, above them, which is necessary. And I think that, yeah, definitely is true. You have to earn the position, and you don't get there until you're my husband. Um, but you have to date a single mom with the understanding that if she is a good mom, if she is an involved mom, her kids will be her priority. And um, if you can't understand that, yeah, you're going to lose. So um, understanding going into the dating stage, knowing that you're not going to be liked by everybody, um, you're not going to be prioritized by some of the ones that you want, you know, and that's okay. But leading with yourself and being always authentic and honest about who you are opens the floodgates for the ones who genuinely and sincerely see you to enter in. Mm-hmm. And you no, nah, that's a perfect. That's perfect to go into this next break. Uh, when we come out of the break, we only got uh, you know. I hope I, I'm gonna throw it out to you. I'm gonna throw it out there. I don't know. I, don't, I definitely want to be respectful of your time, but uh, you know, <laughs> we'll do this next break, and maybe I can steal a few more minutes to you into the second hour. Just throwing it out there for anybody waiting to get in on the second hour open call. Uh, we oh, will be opening Lord. up the phone lines. I may even open it up. <laughs> But yeah, maybe even open it up for some of y'all to get in with Autumn again. Just just listening to this, this again conversation with smart people. That's exactly what this is. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies' gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, 
Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. Y'all. I notice y'all really can't stand it whenever I make a post defending black men. There's always a barrage of comments like, we gotta hold them accountable. Don't get me wrong, I'm all for accountability, but when do we not hold black men accountable? It's like every day, every time I get on the internet, someone is always talking about what black men not doing right. As a matter of fact, the only time we do bring up black men is to hold them accountable for the stuff that they not doing. I mean, it's almost like we're letting our personal experiences and the media first and foremost dictate how we feel about our own men. Never mind the several instances of black men who are protecting black women. Never mind the black man who pulled a black woman out of a burning building. Never mind the black man who jumped in front of a group of girls and lost his life defending them. Never mind the black men who are taking 12-hour shifts to defend a black woman in their neighborhood. Never mind that the majority, the vast majority, over 80% of black men are married to black women. We gotta stop letting the media tell us that our men don't love us and protect us. That's a lie. This country is hell-bent on destroying our men. Let's not help them. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's conversation with smart people, Autumn Sonata. Thank you, Queen. Phenomenal woman. Loving this conversation with you as you just played a cut from Erica Lachey, one of my favorite follows on IG and Facebook. Um, you actually put that cut up on your page, and so um, no, I thought I, I would share it, it this morning because, yeah, you know, because as we're going through this conversation, talking about your own journey, um, to some listening they may be in a sense in a sense surprised at how you see uh in a sense this dynamic between us as black men and black women and so again you you lauded that post on your page and i pretty much stole it from your page just to um kind of open up the dialogue for people to hear in a sense how you see things for us as a collective as you've you know again we spent the first 45 just talking about your own journey um but yeah any thoughts in reference to that actual cut and one of the callers looks like they're wanting to get in as well so let's get your thoughts and then we'll get to the caller as well absolutely um unfortunately through our own experiences and those painted perspectives, a lot of um, men and women, black men and women, we tend to see each other in a negative light and apply that that blanket um, blindfold to the entire opposite gender. Um, I've had, you know, my share of bad experiences and hard-learned lessons with black men, but I dare not and could not even fix my mouth to say that I am unprotected, um, that I am unsure about my love for and adoration for black men. Um, I have amazing examples, while not perfect, amazing examples of what a man is and their purpose in my life through my grandfather, through my father, and even my brothers. Um, my son is an amazing 18-year-old black male, I have in three other little black males that, I, that I'm nurturing. But I think that once we take our own power back and realize that this is my own perspective, um, shaped and molded through experiences that were not favorable, that I, can, I have the gift and the privilege to turn into lessons as opposed to, you know, losses, then at that point is where I can change this perspective and see people for who they are understanding that my negative experience with this one person or several, you know, men were because I chose. 
I decided to engage or interact with that person. And sitting down and figuring out why, those five layers of why, why I decided to engage with that will give me my own power back and help me to shape a perspective that is one of a positive outlook on our men. Um, it, it annoys my soul. It irks my <laughs> it irks my being when I see us, black women, get on social media and just bash, diminish, and disrespect our men based off of one or several, however many experiences we, you know, had that were not favorable to us. And instead of taking accountability for our role or our acceptance of bad behavior for that one or several people, we want to push it off over the whole gender and say there are no good men left, black men or what. If we took a look, an honest look, at our environment, our surroundings, and our decisions, we would see where we got that perspective from and how we can change it on our own. It's all within. And so um, I never had that perspective, the one where I just bashed black men or men, period. Um, but I see where and why women have that. And so I have friends who are, um, who you know, nurture that, that, that mindset, unfortunately. Um, they've gotten better, but it, it takes time to heal that wound. Um, and understand that we share experiences as black people that we cannot even share with others. And that what that is what makes us unique to one another. That is what makes us precious and valuable to one another. And it's something that we should root in our foundation when we're building a relationship. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's a hard process. It's, it's the healing process, again, like you said, to even figure out what were my choices in this in these bad scenarios mm-hmm. or what or what I had to learn even in my own dating was um in a mm-hmm. sense why i am why am I attracted to a certain type if if mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. and then have these yeah. experiences that are are that become similar and it was basically as you said it was a lesson I had yet to yet to learn, and the universe will continue to bring uh, example yeah. after example of of your issue until you learn that issue, and some of us never do. We actually got a caller that wants to jump in, so let's get to the caller real quick. For any other caller out there, we only got a few minutes uh, that I know I have with the queen. Again, I'm going to try to steal a few minutes from her if she's available. Um, but with that said, um, 478, last three, 303, give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Peace, family. What's happening? Uh, this is Sincere out of Atlanta. How y'all doing? Hey, doing wonderful, King. Doing wonderful, King. You know, you and I just did the community checkup just on Thursday night that went wonderful as well. So I'm just having a great weekend. I'm sitting here talking to uh, Autumn right now, who's just dropping peel after peel of wisdom. So I'm doing great, if I could say so myself. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Peace, Queen. How you feeling? I'm good, King. How are you? Hey, life is good. Life is good. I'm sitting here enjoying the conversation, which is absolutely needed. And uh, I just wanted to give my three cents on the phenomenal woman that is on the phone. I've had the opportunity uh, to experience her presence and her spirit and, and the growth and development. And, and that, that that light that you exude is absolutely beautiful. I also have the uh, – uh, I also have the um, – pleasure of being um, and privilege of being married to a, uh, a phenomenal woman. So uh, that's something 
that I absolutely love that we can have these conversations as a holistic uh, relationship coach working with individuals and couples. Uh, we mm-hmm. need to have this conversation. We need to live out loud. So I appreciate your vulnerability, and I appreciate your growth and development and the fact that you don't let what has happened in your past define your present or your mm-hmm. future and you still have yeah. life. So that's a beautiful thing. And uh, I continue to do what you do, sister. Uh, it's being noticed. Oh, wow. Thank you. I am humbled by uh, your kind words. I've seen you work. And the two of you together and even separate make a major impact and are uh, huge influences on my life. So I appreciate y'all just being available and vulnerable and using your craft for the greater good. Absolutely, sis. Uh, uh, thank, thank you, thank sincere. You. Thank you, Queen, uh, for those words. And let me highlight this as well because I'll be fortunate enough to I'll let you know this um Autumn, uh, Cecilia is going to sneak up to um, Alpharetta with this um, to help out, just throw it out there. and um, I need to make okay. sure I get this address and share it with anybody else that's listening. But we'll see Sincere again um, this afternoon when we're helping out um, the Blankets of Love Outreach um, nonprofit that's you know helping to provide holidays for like 30-plus 30, 30 families. Um, we'll be separating their toys and things of that nature. So thank you, um, King, for uh, always, as usual, when I need this, you know the community, the Minute Dollar Community Club to step up, um, you're always one of the first to do so. So, so um, in autumn, you also, thankfully, Queen, you volunteered to help with that as well. So we'll actually see Sincere, uh, uh, in a, you know, in a couple of hours here. Um, so thank you, um, Sincere. Yeah. If you got any extra time in that second hour, because I don't know how much time I'm going to be able to steal an autumn, uh, if you want to come back <laughs> in and, you know, get, get get a little deeper into some of the stuff this Queen was talking about, I definitely would appreciate that time, too. But I already got you for two months. But I don't, I don't, as you can see, I ain't ashamed of asking for a lot of help. So, <laughs> so hey, with hey, that you said, know, if you hang on, on and get back in. Don't be surprised if I hit you live and bring you back on the app. I see your number hanging out there. <laughs> hey, hey, family, I'm with you. If I got a second, you got a minute, brother. There it is. No, I appreciate you, King. I got you. I, like I said, I may hit you, hit you live. I just pop you back in here. Just know I'm just getting. You know, I'm tired of talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got a few minutes, and, you know, can't, it's hard to get into everything because, again, there's so many things that are, as I continue to say are, are wonderful about you. But I'm going to let you still because, again, I know you're trying to, or you're, or, as you say, creating a nonprofit for these, for the, you know, for these young ladies to, in a sense, follow suit. Uh, I'm a big believer. I have a, a hashtag that I, that I love to put out there that says hashtags. Hashtag STEM motherfuckers. So, so, so with that said, uh, let's get a couple of minutes in on this women in tech thing. We ain't gonna be able to do it no justice. So, uh, but I want to at least let you highlight maybe what you're looking to do with it in the future. Uh, I think if I understand it, you have maybe haven't started it yet, and so at least talk about that before we. But um, I'm obligated to let you go. If you're gonna be able to stay on a little more, uh, we'll maybe we'll, we'll go a little deeper after the break. But go ahead, Queen. Yeah. So, yeah, it's still in the beginning stages. Um, I just got the approval for the um, Articles of Incorporation. But um, just a a quick note of what I'm looking to do. Um, What I've noticed is that not only in tech with black women, but in general, um, we have silenced our, our authenticity, if you will. So before I came into myself, I was very quiet, reserved, and shame. Um, about who I am, I didn't I didn't know how to be me. You know what I'm saying? I was afraid that it would not be accepted. Um, from simple things like just being 
a tall female and one that um, I'm very colorful. My personality is very colorful. Um, you wouldn't catch me rocking blue hair in high school or in college or even in the first few years of motherhood because I didn't know what that looked like. It didn't, it didn't look acceptable, you know, to everyone. I was concerned about what my job would think about me, um, what men would think about me, if they would feel intimidated or not. Um, I would kind of put a hat over my, my intellect because I didn't want to scare anyone off, you know. And I find that a lot of women, we have these, these uh, unique ways of being that we kind of quiet or silence out of fear of not being accepted. And with my nonprofit, I want to demonstrate and provide resources to prove that this is okay. Being yourself is okay. Being healed and whole is okay. You don't have to break yourself down or diminish who you are to be accepted. Shedding the image of the representative is okay. Matter of fact, it's preferred. If you want to live wholly and authentically with this one shot that we have, this is necessary. So providing those steps and resources through talk therapy, um, through uh, demonstration, like I said before, and through, um, like, giving them the resources to uh, nurture those skill sets, whether it be in tech or through something else. My specialty is tech. That's my industry. I know how to get people into that industry and what people are looking for. Um, but I know others who can help with developing those skill sets for other industries. So, um, breaking it down nice. for women and allowing them to be authentic and um, happy is my goal for this this nonprofit. Now it makes and sense. Um, or is there any public? I don't know if there's um, social media or, or or where can people find you or follow you? Because um, again, you have been a, a, a quite enjoyable follow for me. Um, you know, now it's funny we say that in this, this time now. I follow you, um, but yeah, how can people stay in contact with you or follow you? Um, a lot of what you're doing, um, if you will. Before I ask to steal a few more minutes from you, I want to make sure we at least get that out before we, um, uh, you know, have to let you go. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, so what I do and just me being myself, it bleeds into every part of my life. So I have my personal Facebook page, which is, um, or what is my Facebook page? Anyway, the name is Autumn Sonata, S-O-N-A-T-A, the first name with middle name. Um, I have a, a group, a Facebook group for just my, uh, the females of In My Bag, and the name of the group is In My Bag. Um, on Instagram, the podcast um, Instagram page is at in my bag dot podcast, and of course my IG is at I am Autumn Sonata. Um, my podcast, the show is going to start. We're going to do the uh, relaunch on January 16th, and what we're looking to do is I'm going to have some of my girlfriends on, and we're going to shed some baggage. We're going to open up some things. We're going to release some past things, um, and we're going to talk about it. So. I invite everyone to to tune in. I'm going to go Facebook Live with that and working on getting on to to some uh, audio platforms like Spotify and Apple so that I can reach more people. But, yeah. um, Yeah, you're beautiful. You definitely need to reach more people. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm working on the book. It's in the beginning stages. I've been writing it for a couple years, but this year I decided that it's time to to put this thing together. Um, It's called Thank You Notes. And so it's, it's a book where I am journaling my my uh, my travels through gratitude, through all of my experiences. So I'll talk about my two marriages. I'll talk about childhood. I'll talk about motherhood. I'll talk about uh, the obstacles in tech. 
and how that has shaped my grateful, you know, disposition and, and who I am now. So, yeah. No, I love it. That's, a, that's mm-hmm. definitely something I'll be looking for as a, as a reader, if you will. Um, so I did push my time mm-hmm. over the top of the hour, if you will. Um, do you got a few more minutes, Queen? If not, I definitely want to let you go and be respectful of your time because I know I'll see you again in a, in a couple of hours here. I mean, I think, I think I can squeeze out about 10 more minutes for the kid. I think you're good. Okay, I'm going to take all 10 of them, just so you know. Just so you know, I'm going to take all 10 of them. So with that said, we're going to go to this again. Beautiful song by Taylor Pace, Close to Christmas. We come back. We got all of Sonata for 10 more minutes. If anybody's waiting for the yeah. open call, second hour, we'll get you in, too. You do have to press 1. Um, that number is 646-787-1691. And press 1 to let us know you want to speak. As I got 10 more minutes with the queen. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Air is freezing. The flakes are falling. The hearts of everyone you love start calling. Kids in the snow playing. Uh-huh. While the cookies are baking. Their heels start playing. And snowmen making. Oh yeah, decorations and the lights, as far as the eye can see, chimney smoke, clouds the air, but it's quite clear to me, it must be getting close to Christmas Day, lit up trees and the snow, tell me Santa's on his way, the feeling I get when I go back home always makes me want to say, oh it must be getting close to like family when you've been away for a while smelling mama's good cooking makes awesome eggs growl eating like we about to stop now we're ready to play some cards sharing stories over music everybody's laughing oh, oh. as far as the eye can see chimney smoke clouds the air but it's quite clear to me in my seat Getting close to Christmas Day Where the trees and the snow The snow has on Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, as we hear, again, a beautiful cut, Taylor Pace, Coast to Christmas. Our sponsor, Square Business Entertainment, holds us down on the music throughout the year. Go find that, Taylor Pace, Coast to Christmas, on all music streaming platforms. Also, go follow Square Business Entertainment on YouTube as they offer up more music, that real R&B, if you want to use that term, um, the, the, the music about love, not just, you know, hit, hitting hitting the sheets, if you will. Again, that's always a part of love, but that ain't all it is. And so we don't have a lot of music. In the, you know, it seems like we don't have a lot of music that, that highlights that um, in, in this era. But I'm fortunate enough to steal 10 more minutes with Autumn Sonata. We are on our open call second hour. So for anybody out there that wants to join in, talk about some of the stuff we talked about on the previous hour if you want or you can really go anywhere you want this is a free floating hour for two seekers out there i'm gonna steal some more minutes from my man um Sincere, um, I got him still on the line, so we're going to do these last 10 minutes all together because I just think it's so appropriate when I think about you, Sonata, and how Sincere moves. Y'all, y'all really remind – I mean, I really – I really, the most thing – the thing I love about both of you is how much you love our community. So no surprise, you know, even on that last segment to hear you speak – 
to really never, in a sense, getting to the space of of, of, of bitterness and, and applying your individual situations to a whole entire gender, if you will. Um, you know, with that said, um, we you know sometimes we, you know, like you said, some of us could be guilty of it. And and, and here's a, something that I think will be somewhat of a surprise. And um, and I I was fortunate enough to. Then at Sincere, who I do have live on the air right now, I was at his his event, the Arts and Culture Show, just last week, and so I wanted to highlight um, this one thing that was very popular this past week and a half over social media. And Sonata, you and I, um, I'm sorry, Autumn, you and I um, spoke about it very briefly. Uh, was the Kevin Samuel video, if you will. Um, obviously, that went viral in reference to you know the one woman saying, "Hey, if you don't change, you gotta in a sense you gotta die alone." And so people had a lot of take on it. Um, but in our brief conversation about it, um, I think people might be surprised at how you saw that video. So if you will, Queen, just give us a you know few of your thoughts, and then I want to hear what Sincere's response to your thoughts are on. And again, this is just kind of op- showing that we a real family show. We open it up, uh, but yeah, just your thoughts thoughts about the um that video and if you hadn't heard about it uh like you know maybe under a rock if you uh, to a certain extent because it definitely blew up on social media um uh, some say for, you know unfortunately some people look at it that way but go ahead queen just your thoughts about about that video if you will um well honestly i did not watch the entire video um i saw a clip of it where he was basically um saying that she was going to die alone, basically, and that she was average, um, and her expectations were too high. Um, and when I saw the clip, it was someone's post, and I was just reading some of the comments from other women um, on that post, and it was a lot of anger and, and rage and frustration behind uh, the tone that he had took with her. Um, from what I gather, and my my opinion and my stance on this is different from most, which uh, has unfortunately led some to call me a pick-me, which is, you know, one of those terms just is completely filled with ignorance. But um, when it comes to attraction and when it comes to dating, absolutely. I think there is a certain level of, um, get your shit together that you have to have. You're not entitled to look like just any old thing just because you're a black woman, okay? It's not owed to you that someone take care of you just because you're a black woman. Um, I think that a lot of us, well, some of us live with this sense of entitlement um, because of our past experiences that now we are owed or it's due to us that someone completely nurture our, our, our damage, that someone completely comes in and starts, and starts to coddle and put sugar over our mess. And a lot of times you have some people who come in and they will do that. They, they allow the bad behavior. They allow the disrespect. They allow the, the, um, the ugliness because we shout loud and proud that it, that we deserve to be this way. Nobody deserves or has a privilege to act ugly. And I'm going to be going off topic here, but this is one of the things I'm very passionate about is that you have to fix yourself Go before ahead, you Queen. expect someone to be good to you. And um, 
it takes a lot of, you know, internal uh, reflection and healing before you can get to that point. So I don't expect someone to treat me like a queen when I'm acting like a peasant. And um, I saw a lot of that behavior in those comments, and it just it bothered me that we, we live with this sense of entitlement. So while his tone was, it was a bit crazy, his tone was a little off. I feel like when you're at a level of frustration where you've told someone in a softer tone and you sat with understanding with them for a minute and they're still not getting it, like they have this blockage and not receiving your well, you know, giving advice, then you still have to learn how to pull back and say, okay, they're not ready to receive this. I don't have to react in that way. And I think he reacted in a certain way that triggered a lot of women. I don't think that necessarily what he was saying was wrong. His perception of what she is, what level she's at, whether she's a seven or a five or what have you, that's his perception. How she feels about what he said is her issue. His delivery is his problem. How she received it is hers. So your confidence has to be to a point where if you know you're a good woman and you know you're keeping yourself together, how somebody else perceives you is not your issue. Everybody's not going to like you again. So um, a lot of women were triggered. And on my end, I'm like, yeah, well, he's right. I think he's right. If you don't have yourself together, then you're not going to get what you desire. If you don't feel well, let like me throw this in real quick, and I want to get Sincere's three cents in here, if I can, um, Autumn. Let me throw this in mm-hmm. and get, you know, as you said, you have – I don't think, as you said, you haven't seen the full video. So let me say this in reference to getting it together, and I definitely want to get Sincere mm-hmm. to jump in right here. And so from one perspective, and again, not knowing exactly which, which part of the cut you've seen, so part of mm-hmm. what she alluded to in her, in a sense, entitlement is how you turned it, the idea of, you know, I, I'm looking for, uh, I think I'm, you know, I'm looking for a six-figure man, a six-figure man. So I think that's in part why she chose to call, you know, in a sense, Kevin Samuel based on him being a um, image consulting or whatever and talking about quote-unquote mm-hmm. high-value men all the time. But with that said, again, I'm just trying to add a little context. So in part of her saying she deserved it, it was partly in due to she, you know, she had gotten to the six figures herself within her own business. And so as he dug a little deeper to ask her her perspective on what she brought to the table it it ended up being and Cecilia, I know you could jump in here you talked about this a little bit on at your event it ended up being she kind of offered the superficialness of uh, you know my body is here uh, um, and I, I make six figures uh, and um and and that and that ended up being kind of all in a sense she offered. And then as far as the assessment of her, that was her own assessment of where she was at. Just to even throw that out, um, Sincere, if you could you know just yeah. kind of jump in and give us some context of what you're hearing between myself and and, and 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 Autumn. I just wanted to give her a little more context to the maybe a broader part of the interview. But go ahead, King. Absolutely, and um, Autumn makes some great and beautiful points. Um, I saw a couple of things. And uh, I normally don't engage in a lot of the uh, trendy things that are happening online unless I'm prompted. And I received a bunch of different DMs from people that have either heard me speak or seen me on YouTube or have been to any of my events. And everybody's like, Sister, what do you think about this? I'm like, my God, what is this? Let me take a look. All right. So uh, from that, I noticed a couple of things. And you're absolutely right, Montoya, when you point out that she led with the superficial and she's speaking to somebody who focuses on those things and you get that type of answer. Now, 
Did he speak truth? Absolutely. There's a saying that goes, it doesn't matter how you speak the truth, or, or let me rewind that. It doesn't matter that you speak the truth. It matters how you speak the truth. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. in my space and with the work that I do as a holistic relationship coach, I look at things from the physical, the men, uh, priority-wise, priority-wise now, spiritually, mentally, and physically. Spirit directs mind, mind directs body. All right? So what I saw in that brother's response is a level of irritation. He was agitated, which speaks to him having a level of pain. Now, I'm very, very mindful of how I work with people because I understand that with the one who has the knowledge or when somebody comes to me for help, that puts me in an accountability space and a responsibility space. So I have to be very careful with how I handle people's hearts, their minds, their spirit at the time that they come to me. And that was a little neglect on his end, but with the sister, she led with the finance, and that is a big issue with her finding what she needs for her heart, her spirit, her mind, and ultimately her body. So it's a frequency thing. Like uh, When you talk about money, money is called currency for a reason. That's a vibrational frequency. So if you connect with a brother or sister that's on that right uh, vibrational frequency, and right is only short for righteous, which means how you carry yourself, what type of light you have, then everything else can fall in line. So that's what was missing, and that's the commentary that we don't often hear when looking at a clip like that. No, nah, it makes sense. Queen, I got to take care of your time. I do want to make sure I let you go. Uh, again, look forward to seeing you um, at the event with um, Blankets of Love Outreach. Um, if you will, go ahead and throw out your, um, you know, maybe one or, one or two of your contact info, and we'll let you get off this thing. If, if you want to give one last thought in reference to that as well, please do. Oh, gosh. So someone cannot annoy you if you're not already annoyed. Someone cannot make you happy. If you're not already happy, the seed is already planted. Someone just comes along to agitate that or nurture it. So be mindful of placing blame instead of taking accountability for your happiness and your pain. Um, with that being said, my you can follow me on IG at I am Autumn Sonata, and you can uh, check me out on Facebook um, at Autumn Sonata. It has been an absolute pleasure. And I wish I could stay on longer because sincere about to put some jewels out here. But oh, I've got to go. I've got to go. Nah, you all right, Queen. Well, we'll see you in a little the, bit. Uh, the event later on. <laughs> sure. nah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Queen. You are wonderful uh, to be expected. Thank yeah, you, guys. Love, so. love you guys. I'll see you soon. Absolutely. All right, Queen. Uh, well, as, as usual, I've been I pushed myself past the um, um, break sincere, so I'm gonna do this break. And we'll, if you you know if you got a few seconds, I got a couple of callers out there too. If y'all want to get in, y'all press that one, and we'll you know make these last 40 minutes an open call about whatever. We can continue some of the conversation um, about this you know the, the the Kevin Samuels if you want. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. 
You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com 404-465-4348 Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com Call them at 404-465-4348 I want to thank Big Six Media Group for being a sponsor of the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. If you have a product or service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me, uh, Big Six Media. They do my Atlanta 24-7 mobile notary. For those who are in the Atlanta area, if you need mobile notary services, I do that. Uh, but they have they did my website for that. They are um, excellent, excellent at what they do. So if you need any of the, the things that Alpha mentioned in that commercial, please look them up at com. This morning's conversation with smart people, first hour, I guess, was Autumn Sonata. We are now in the open call for the truth seekers. If you're out there listening, please jump in. Let's talk about whatever you like to talk about. Sometimes we really, really thoroughly enjoy these open call hours when we sneak them in. Um, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, 646-787-1691. I got my brother sincere still on the line with me as I would love is as you can imagine um uh, autumn is such a breath of fresh air uh specifically prior to the first hour when I played that cut from Erica Lachey again another queen I love following um just talking about uh in a sense even the idea of how um black men in America are looked at if you will and and how uh, a lot of things can be misconstrued on, in a sense, our ability to protect our own women. Uh, uh, and, and so, you know, as Erica said, is you know, it's, it's uh, in her eyes kind of foolish to suggest that, uh, you know, in a sense that black men are not protectors. And as we heard Autumn, you know, say from her own perspective, even with her own experiences, um, where she went in depth in that she's never, in a sense, taking on that blanket blanket um comment uh, about us as men so that you know let me say you know let me say so say that that feels good as, as as a black man you know and we as men could be guilty of doing the same thing to our sisters you know as well so you know let me be fair in that sense but i gotta admit that shit feel good man <laughs> no doubt no doubt man and, and we have to be aware of narrative so that's one of the things that the sister alluded to quite beautifully and uh, the men that I have in my circle, and you're one of those men, uh, that narrative don't apply to. So, so we just have to make sure that we encompass all thought process and uh, uh, a vigilance. Like we got to pay attention to what's going on around us in its totality. No, absolutely. And and you know, again, this is mental dialogue. So it's like. Like, like to go in depth into the psychology of why, in a sense, the narratives can be accepted so easily. Um, and again, within our community, you know, we would be um, 
miss not to admit that there is a growing and brewing in a sense, you know, I I hate using this term. Some people like to say you 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 you're using it out of out of place, and this is not a real thing. But unfortunately, I do think it's a real thing. from the standpoint of um, the quote unquote gender war, which is not something that's just happening in the African American community, is kind of a, a a societal thing, if you will. However, I think there are there's added context and added added narratives that in my opinion you could tell me your thoughts on this sincere but in my opinion are aimed at keeping black men and black women at each other's throat so i think there's there's added fuel to the fire that in my opinion stems from really the original systemic stuff to ensure that our families were broken up. And so in the sense that if, if, if people buy into the historical context of, of, in a sense, breaking up black families, then I, I think, in my opinion, it's foolish not to see the, in a sense, the, the narratives exist to ensure that there's no coming together of that family again as well. So, you know, very few people will argue with the historical context of in the, the idea of, in a sense, breaking up the black family. Uh, but now I think we're, in a sense, so far removed from that original intent that people are unable, in my opinion, to connect the certain things that still happen to ensure that we don't have that foundation. And when I say foundation, um, if we think of the idea that good communities uh, uh, come from having strong families, and I always offer that the corner block of a strong family, in my opinion, are mar- is marriage. And so, you know, I always kind of come set back with that, in a sense, corner block of the home, if you will, uh, um, being, you know, again, first and foremost, or recommending that, in a sense, we look to that, you know, look to that again, uh, I, I think it can help us with a lot of the ills that, that span from outside of um, the dynamic between the black man and black woman, but it all starts with improving that dynamic. Um, any thoughts, King? I know I said a whole lot there or whatever, but I do think some of those narratives are absolutely um, geared at keeping us at each other's throats. Right, right. Absolutely, man. And it's something that's been uh, perpetuated since slavery. Uh, but, uh, and even um, we can see some of that now, but what what we are missing is that since the model has changed, uh, some of us, we think that it's no longer present, right? So it's not a mm-hmm. physical model anymore as far as the slavery concept is concerned. The new slavery is debt. The new slavery is economic castration. The new slavery is uh, let's, let's, let's elevate the women in certain areas and make sure that that, that we don't have certain men fill these slides or that, uh, you know, there's a disproportionate uh, number. So, so the game is more mental, and, and we think that it's just opportunity. We think that it's just uh, drive. But uh, testosterone uh, in its proper form, it, it, it perpetuates drive, right? So, so testosterone is connected to your drive. So with that being said, we have to pay attention to the societal games that are played with us. And, and we have to approach these things uh, strategically and tactically to make sure that they don't infiltrate our spirits, our minds, and our body. And we subscribe to narrative versus uh, taking our own 
reality into our hands and uh, creating from that space. But we have to do that, especially with our people. Now we have to do that from a communal um, uh, outlook. Like we have to do that from a communal place. So we tap into each other just like, uh, for example, me and you working together on a number of different things. I promote what you do because it's positive. It serves our community. So we're more powerful together than apart. But if we take that aspect, we take that thought process, and we perpetuate it throughout our uh, community with everything that we're doing, that is power structure there in itself. And now we can come together as brothers and sisters and create from that space and build from that space. No, absolutely. Yeah, there's that synergy that comes from us working together in the way that we do. And then, you know, and if I hone that into our relationships at, at home, uh, you know, quite often, uh, you know, yeah, you and I both could work in solos and still have some level of effect. And, and, and in a sense, before we were working together, uh, maybe that was being done to, you know, to a degree. Um, but unfortunately, when it comes to the, you know, in my opinion, the black family, um, that's, that, that there's a concept of buying into what I always call um, American individualism, uh, which in a sense can work, you know, well for maybe other cultures or other races, if you will. But as you said, having that communal um, background, if you, you know, again, you know, thinking of the time before coming here, um, you know, not necessarily the best perspective. And so we get caught working in our silos and miss out on even striving for uh, possibly, I would say, I would use this term, a better model in creating synergy, you know, in a sense with that significant other, in, in a sense to, so that you, in a sense, both pour into that next generation. And again, that's just, um, you know, just highlighting what could be versus letting us dev into these, the, 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 again, a thing that I term as the gender war that, that I'm not happy to even use that term. And I don't like, in a sense, some people mm-hmm. even think just by saying it, you're perpetuating it. But, I, you know, but there are realities out there that, that I feel like an, un, unless we dialogue through it, that type of stuff grows. And at least, too, as you said, for example, uh, you know, to be honest, I, I hadn't intended to address the Kevin Samuel thing at all as well, because like yourself, and, you know, this about our show quite often we're not going to be on the the trendy stuff at all uh but you know part of the reason you're getting the dms is because in my eyes this quote-unquote gender war is brewing and growing and starting to affect more of our people and so it becomes necessary even for you know you or myself who in a sense may not want to talk about the trendy thing sometimes it becomes necessary uh with just hoping to put out a perspective that some people can, in a sense, pull from or, or, or use, if you will. Um, uh, again, thank you, King, for just holding this thing down. For the other callers out there, if y'all want to get in, please press 1. If you're on the line, um, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. We are going to go to another break. This is the open call, second hour. You can take us in any direction that you like. Um, right now, i got my brother Sincere on the line holding me down, but we are definitely wanting to open it up to all of you. With that said, we'll be right back. Where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. 
And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. We are in the open call, second hour of this morning's conversation with smart people. First hour guest, Autumn Sonata. Please give us a call at 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. And give us your three cents on anything you would like to talk about right now, I got my brother Sincere holding me down in this second hour. Uh, so thank, thanks a lot, King, for your time. Um, I'll highlight uh, area code seven oh six. Get in this thing with us. Uh, we're definitely trying to dialogue. We don't we don't have to make this the only conversation, but right now we're piggybacking off of that first hour. Uh, here's something that I'd hope to um, share with Autumn in the last hour, but again, the, the, that queen does so much, she wasn't able to cover everything with her in that in, in that short hour and 20, 25 minutes that she ended up giving us. Um, so I'll share it with you, Sincere. I'm almost uh, a little afraid to share it without a woman's perspective because uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure how people are going to receive this, but I'm going to share it. This actually comes from one of my, um, um, someone, one of, Someone I follow and follows me as well on social media. Um, this was just on this young lady's page, and I wanted to, you know, I was going to read it to her and, and see what Autumn thought. So I'll read it to you, and you give me your thoughts. And it's definitely related to what we're talking about right now. Uh, but the post uh, was this, and then I'm going to read her commentary as well. So if you're bad with me, so the post that the sister put up um, it was, uh, I think it's, it's reality in real form is the IG page that I follow, and the post was. The black community in America does not include the black man anymore. It's sickening, and it is by design so black women stay the working muse of America. I'm going to say the post one more time. The black community in America does not include the black man anymore. It's sickening, and it is by design so black women stay the working muse of America was the post. This is what the young lady went on to say about her own post. She says, yep. I'm going to go there tonight. So many black women have been sold the independent woman lifestyle and in many industries been given access over black men to these high-powered jobs and then spend all our money outside of the black community to fuel American capitalism on hair, nails, etc. I really do see how many black women think they have leveled themselves up beyond the black man only to end up old and bitter or alone or dating the same sex after enough failed relationships because they've turned the good men away with their attitude and lack of feminine energy. Yes, I am going there, laugh out loud. And when you think of our community, it is very female-dominated and female-oriented. Black men don't even have a voice, which is also why many men are dating out. Should I go there? Okay, maybe not tonight, but seriously, though. 
This is also why we are so unprotected, left to be victimized by any other race of man, because America has their foot on black men's necks, but so do black women. There needs to be more respect on our part, less attitude, more listening. This post is about us. Even all these master's degrees and Ph.D. black women, most will never get a man on their level because they are too busy being the man they want to be. A man on their level wants a woman with time for them, not someone who is working all the time. It's not just the ratchet, low-class black women. It's the well-educated and upper-class, too. We are too divided, and it is leaving many black women single. Again, it's leaving many of us single because we all know the black man will always be able to get a woman. Don't let Serena, Gabby, or Kamala fool you. It's not the norm, and it never will be because you ladies know it's not your first choice or even your second in most cases. So again, you know you want your black man, so start really thinking about your dynamic with the black man and how it can be healthier on your part. All we can do as women is work on us, and the men must work on themselves. It's time. Your thoughts, Sincere. She mm-hmm. said a whole lot in there. Uh, again, I, mm-hmm. I wish really miss getting Autumn's thoughts on those, or, you know, on those comments. But again, I, I wanted to bring it to the table with you, who is again as a relationship coach, uh, you know, with your background. What, what, what did you hear, or what do you what what speak, stands out to you? Mm. She dropped some gems in that one. Now, uh, from what I do, the majority of my clients are women. So from what I hear from these sisters, oftentimes when I go on these shows, I do interviews and that type of thing. I'm just giving a report. So um, number one, my wife is beautiful as she is. She is both independent and dependent. That's who we are and what we are. So now when I speak with these women, they have their independence, but they recognize at a point they need something more. Like they need that element of dependence that they can be sure in, that they can have a level of uh, trust that they can display in that dependency. They want to be given of their hearts. They want to be given of their time, their effort, their space. So that's dependency. But a part of the trick is she's independent, she got it all covered, but that's against our design, and that's a societal thing, again, that we buy into. Uh, so when I talk to these women that are saying, Sincere, I got, I got it financially, I'm straight, my women are straight, but what am I doing, what am I missing for that man? That's what they're saying, and they want, they want brothers, most of my clients, or black brothers and sisters, most being women. So that's where they're at in their lives. And some, they're they're in that space of between uh, the majority or in the space between 32 and 45 that I work with. So they're like, man, what's going on? This time, this time ain't waiting on me. So, so, So what do I need to do? What can I do to be in that space? to where I'm more attractive to a man. I know I got this going on, but what am I missing, right? And that's the conversation. So the sister was absolutely on point. 
Hey, yeah, again, just get you know, put some thoughts on it. And I you know you had already alluded to some of the various things that were in that post. Um, for area code 520, if you're trying to get in, you do need to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Again, this is our open call, um, second hour. Um, but the post that, again, the system posted in itself, again, I think, I think that in the dialogue of what I call the blame game and, and, and I hate the blame game. So, so even in like, it's the blame game is so, it's so strong now, sincere that even sharing this post, people will assume how I think, but just because of my willingness right. to share it. Right. You understand right. what I'm saying? Like, because the thought is you're sharing it because you agree with it, all right? right. And, 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 and and that's how you think. Like, like this is just how the blame game goes, whereas, I mean, obviously you've been dealing with me for a long time, and I'm always about nuance. And, and, and I always say the truth never lives on the extremes, or, or I shouldn't say never. What I always say is the truth rarely lives on the extremes, Meaning the, 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 that it's, it's black and white, it's this way or it's this way, which is the world that we live in, right? We have these either-or conversations, and, you know, and you and I always are pressing people to, in a sense, you know, let's not have an either-or conversation. Let's figure out what, what, what in that conversation, even though it might trigger you, what's in that conversation that may still be the truth. And the way you weed through that is to, in a sense, not allow what's triggering you to overtake what's being said, if that makes sense. And um, so, you know, it's just, uh, you know, always part of our process with these dialogues that, that, we, that we have. You know, I'm, right now I'm still sticking with the, you know, all Zoom, um, meet, you know, invite-only situations right now with the club. And, again, you know, you, you're still out there, you know, for the people that's about that life, and I've joined you as well. Um, so, you know, even though, though my commercial highlights that we get – rock over at urban ground every third friday right now we have um you know put those on hold during the COVID situation and you know urban ground is quite smaller than than black dot which gives rooms for us to you know still space out if you will i'm not quite able to do that in urban grind so you know with that said you know i'm not i'm not still doing the dialogues live but online we still are shooting for let's let's talk about this from a nuanced perspective and so you know when i think about the post itself the black community in america does not include the black man anymore like that can seem right. like a a triggering statement but if we dig in there's some reality that i still say that we don't like to recognize the truth that's in that statement and then when and and so if i say the truth in that statement people hear that it is as you're you're using some type of an excuse to not be accountable and what i'm really saying is no as black men as as you know sincere we hold our whole circle accountable so we're not Acting in a, in, a, in a manner that gives us an excuse. However, we do, as we've already mentioned, recognize narratives that don't serve our whole community. We can say there's truth in the concept of, uh, of in a sense, how America has, quote-unquote, always looked at as black man. But we also can look at one another and hold each other accountable. But sometimes you just saying there's truth in that, the assumption is, uh-oh, here, become, here comes another, another unaccountable black man. Like these, you know, just extreme assumptions just because you say you agree with something and people don't even hear out the nuance to exactly what you agree with. Um, any thoughts from you on that, King? Yes, 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 absolutely, man. And uh, uh, again, brother, you're making some 
some great some great points on the whole versus uh narrative um there are uh, just take a look at one of our uh, uh entertainment avenues right there's a whole thing online called versus right uh, to where you got mm-hmm. artists going up against uh, one another and and what 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 color are the majority of these brothers and sisters <laughs> uh, they look just like me and you so right like we often take that narrative that we don't create and we own it right uh you know I, now i know in the hip-hop game uh, you know there were certain things that we would go against each other on to sharpen ourselves but those are some of the same things that can kill us when the intention mm-hmm. is misplaced right and, and i see that in, in our homes right uh, when I sit down with these couples, now me and my wife, we deem, and I love to put out personal examples to be transparent. B- before me and my wife, we moved into our new house. We deem this space as a space for love, a space for connection, a space for uh, laughter, a place where we connect and we get away from the rest of the world. We get away with each other in this space. So that's nice. that's what we date the place that we live in, right? So we have to practice those types of things and create that idea in the spaces that we want to be in, which provides light, which provides nourishment for our spirits, our minds, and our bodies. So we can grow into that space, but we have to be intentional about it and take a look at the things that are around us that are opposite of that idea. No, absolutely. We actually got a caller that wants to get in. Uh, 520, I'm going to go to this last break, and we're going to come out of the break with the caller. And if, Cecilia, I know you want to, I know you got to shift the Alpharetta with me as well, so I can kind of let you go as well. But if you will, I'm going to have you um, stay just right after this break, and just in case of what the caller says is something we can, you can speak to, and then I'll let you go. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478 781 Four eight six zero. Again, for a service job done right, that number is four seven eight seven eight one four eight six zero. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. 
If you have a product or service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please give me a direct call at 404-604-9477 or contact us via social media, DM, Facebook, at Mental Dialogue, or IG, at Mental underscore Dialogue. Feel free to contact us. Definitely need your support. If you're an individual, go to mentaldialogue.com and see how you as an individual can support the the, not only the show, but what we're doing with the community club. I got my brother Sincere on the line. We actually do an event together once a month called the Community Checkup, as we just had a wonderful event with Dr. Monica Hill. We're basically bridging the gap between our community and mental health. So if these initiatives sound something like you can and would like to support, we absolutely would, uh, can appreciate your support at mentaldialogue.com. You could be a supporter, a member, if you have a business. Uh, we have black level and platinum level. Last night we had a, a mastermind event between the black and platinum level that was really out of this world, what we're doing with that. But I do have a caller that's getting in on this second hour with us, so I'm going to go ahead and go to the caller. Um, area code 520-3675. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Montoya, good morning. This is Mariko uh, Tippett calling from Tucson, Arizona. Oh, perfect time, and I just just how the life works, man. This is the this is the the brother that's behind me even doing a mastermind for our black and platinum level uh, members. Um, you know, okay. So I don't know if you you might have heard somewhere else you want to go, but I'm just highlighting the fact that I I did that event on the strength of you your suggestion a couple of months ago, and we had our second one that was wonderful last night. So I don't want to take over what you called in to talk about, but I did ask you to you know come on in highlight that. But I don't know if you want to you know kind of mention some of the stuff we already been talking about. I just want to highlight the mastermind, but it's up to you. Thanks a lot for calling in, King. You bet. Um, so, yeah, I do want to make a, a couple of points about what you've been talking about this morning. Um, I, I think it's great to always have the conversation. Um, there is a quote. I'm not sure exactly who said it, but um, most people, you know, look outside and they look at the world and they see what's going on and, and they notice that change needs to happen. But often we see the world not as it is, but as we are. And if you think about that, that's a powerful statement. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. And going back to wanting to make that outward change, we, we often fail to make the inward change first. Um, and, and when we're looking at, you know, the world around us, the best way to make change is to make change within yourself. Um, there's another quote that says, you can render to God and humanity no greater service than to make the most of yourself. And thinking about mm-hmm. how we do that and how we go about um, living life on purpose and being intentional and not just accepting, you know, what life gives us or what life throws at us. And that's one of the reasons, just tying this all back in, that we do this mastermind. Um, you get to utilize the knowledge, skill, and experience of other people in the group as if it were your own. Um, And this helps you to focus on mastering, um, whether it's self-mastery, skills that you didn't know you had or skills you didn't know you needed, Um, and and, and utilizing the breadth and depth of that group is able to propel you to make the most of yourself. Yeah, well, I can say this to you, uh, brother. Me being, you know, again, I'm kind of the moderator of of discussion, you know, whatever. That's my gift to the to the to the group. Uh, but y'all made me. It's a lot. I got a long way to go, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, it was it was super dope last night. I mean, I think some of the other brothers were saying. I think I remember one of the brothers was saying he's like, man, I consider myself pretty sharp, but I don't feel too sharp <laughs> after this dialogue, you know, because last night we were you know really getting in depth, and that's and funny because in your area of expertise, which was so dope that we, you know that we thought to even do this discussion, we were talking about how to retire tax free, and that's an area that you absolutely specialize in, and so getting the in depthness of it with brothers who are you know most of them are doing you know very well for themselves on the financial level but they were even perked up saying wow i didn't know i could do that or i didn't even consider how to do that and and as you said last night we were the information is a a lot of information that others quite often have known about but our community hasn't known about so it was dope to hear y'all talking about variable insurance products and uh, i think justin said something about uh doing it you know somebody had had just sold a bunch of land and had was sitting on a hundred thousand dollars and they were just going to in a sense keep it and he was like no dump that in that so that the government can't get half the taxes on it so it was just an an amazing right, conversation right. um so you know so thank you uh you know for calling in if there's anything you want to highlight out of last night um you know you know give us that info as well uh um, so see i would encourage you to you know jump up to that black level membership you have been a supporter of the club for a long time but we want to get you part of these conversations as well but uh but yeah if you will Mariko, any thoughts in reference to last night's conversation that you want to point out or highlight, please do. Well, the, the biggest thing is just pointing out the necessity of wealth. Um, and, and as a community, as a black community in particular, you, you know, taxes are a major part of where a good chunk of our money goes. If we can keep more of that money, then that's more money that we're able to, you know, help our families, help our communities. Et cetera, et cetera, and, and build up our neighborhoods. Um, so we're, we're just trying to get into that mindset, that, that money consciousness of if we're building wealth, let's do it intentionally and, and let's know what we want the outcome to be and how to get to that outcome as we're going about it. No, I don't. Yeah, what comes to my mind was when the the one brother last night talked about how, you know, how he built up that one business to $6 million, but not knowing the stuff that we were talking about today, he can look back on it. He's doing better now and has another business doing way more. But he was just, you know, remember he was saying last night, not knowing the stuff that we were talking about last night, he can look back on it and be like, that's $6 million gone because he didn't understand how to make the money work. He always knew how to make money. That's his gift. And he was still saying that last night, right? He was one of the ones that was still yeah, kind of like, yeah. tell me this again or tell me this again, because as he said, you know, bringing in the money based on how he lives his life is a non-issue for him, but just understanding where to place the money was eye-opening. And, again, that's your area of expertise. So thank you so much, King, mm-hmm. for that opportunity. I look forward to doing it again in, in six weeks as we do as we do those invite-only masterminds with the club, man. So Thank you so much for for your three cents this morning. You bet, brother. Thank you. No, absolutely. Uh, Cecile, I I know we only got a few more minutes, man. Thank you for riding this thing out. Um, But, yeah, just any thoughts, man, again. So, you know, we got the event we're doing. So that's another event that I just, again, recently started the uh, mastermind group at the behest of the brother that just called in. That's my old roommate from college uh, when I went to the Air Force Academy or whatever for my years in the military. I know you spent some time in there as well. But lifelong friend that was just like, hey, man, you got all these key people that you know. Um, you know, do some exclusive stuff because, you know, my heart is always to make everything available to everyone. Um, but, uh, but you mm-hmm. know, I guess there's a little value in being a little exclusive as well. So, uh, any, you know, any thoughts from you, King? 
No, man, that's 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 beautiful. It's another layer of building, man. And uh, uh, to just kind of uh, add to what the brother stated, I often say that if you do not go within, you will go without. Uh, meaning that there's some oh, things man, that dope. you won't have access to um, based on the fact that you don't go within. That deals with knowledge yourself. That deals with uh, your, your spiritual knowledge. That deals with happiness. That deals with joy, fulfillment. So you will go without in this world if you do not go within. So I really dig it, man, and uh, I dig I dig uh, what you uh, what you're doing. And we also have to sit down, uh, uh, you know, just uh, talk about uh, what you're doing to grow to grow what you do and to maximize what we do uh, as a unit, man. So I appreciate yeah, the conversation. I appreciate everybody for this event. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, um, just to even throw it out there again, we are a family show, so no secrets here. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm I do after school program, and we're out of school for the next couple of weeks. So I'm definitely gonna go home and see the family next week. But maybe next, the week after that, maybe you and I can just kind of link up and just, you know, dialogue because you know I definitely admire um, again, again how you move in the world and are in a sense able to attract abundance, and, you know, in a way that I'm still learning. And the brother that just called in again, an old roommate from mine of college, who's who's always challenging me in that area as well. So so I can you know deem to take some of same some of the same advice. That we're dialoguing about as well. I always tell, quite often tell people, even how I move on social media, um, some of those messages that I put out are for myself as well. Um, you know, not a, not from a place of you know looking down or judgment. Um, you know, quite often people assume that there's a judgment that's associated with maybe some of the things that are being posted, you know, on the page, if you will. But the reality is, is is that I think we could all serve to to better understand. Standards should not be deemed as judgments, you know, but better standards Correct. for our improvement uh, are things that we should be exposed to, in my opinion, more so that you can, in a sense, negate the things that we say we don't want. You have to look at and start discussing and dialoguing about what the standards, what they can be, what they look like. It doesn't mean that each individual has to fit into the standard, uh, but it, we would be remiss not to consider culturally once we have these collective conversations things that are, are in a sense guide you in a better direction versus things that send you down a path that doesn't you know serve you uh, i always say make room for those individuals that these quote-unquote standards don't apply to um, historically we've never done well with that there's always a level of intolerance for individuals who who are just kind of different or built different and things are, are moved differently so there can sometimes be be a level of disdain or intolerance that in, in a sense quite often leads to, you know, even oppression of, 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 of certain people, individuals, or groups. And so, again, not understanding nuance, uh, we now almost reject standards altogether because the comeback mm -hmm. is everybody's not going to do that, and that's not what you're saying in discussing here's a standard that could work for the culture. Uh, you know, we got a few minutes. You done rolled this whole thing out with me, man. So, again, right now I'm just kind of running off at the mouth, but, you know, just any thoughts from you, uh, you know, in that perspective. Again, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful for you holding this hour down with me because I wouldn't want to, as I always say, I don't like to do this hour by myself. So thanks a lot, King. But, yeah, just any thoughts from you? Uh, we got a couple of minutes before we close this thing out. Uh, absolutely, brother. Uh, uh, what you're saying is on point. Uh, based on everything that we've been talking about earlier, standard is an absolute must for growth and development. 
if you don't have a standard, if you don't have a bar that's set, you will never reach your peak, and that's an absolute fact. So, so if we don't set ourselves up and sit back and say, okay, well these these are my uh, perceived failures, and I want I want folks to understand that that I create acronyms to give people better understanding of words uh, based on my study of etymology, right? So, so I say that fail is an acronym for faith administering intentional lessons. So, mm-hmm. like what that, that idea? Uh, say again, bro. No, I said I like that faith. Um, say it yeah. again. I like that a lot. Yes, it's it's fail is only faith administering intentional lessons. Uh, what that means is this: there's no such thing as a failure for the sake of failure itself, unless you say whatever happens, I'm going to make sure that I don't learn from it. Uh, I'm going to make sure mm-hmm. that I don't pay attention to what this scenario is looking to teach me for the principle of it all. So if we don't have a standard, if we don't sit back and reflect and say, okay, I could have done this better. I could have done this greater. I should have been paying more attention to this. Uh, okay. This is what this was looking to show me. Then there is no bar set. There is no standard that's going to be prevalent in, uh, in your life and you will never reach your peak relationship wise, financially, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, so forth and so on. Hey, there it is, man. Uh, great show for anybody that might want to join us if you're in the Atlanta area and want to um, head up to help us with the separating the toys for the families that we're going to be providing on the holidays for, um, um, celebrating, you know, a holiday for them and providing food. Um, meet us at International Charter School of Atlanta, International Charter School of Atlanta. Uh, Mariko, I see you texting me real quick. I'm going to bring you back on the air live because I don't think I'm, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to miss out on what you're telling me I should do right now. So if, you, if you're still live with us, King, uh, what's your thought on setting, uh, speaking about the masterpiece, and the, you know, if you will, I mean the mastermind, if you will? Hey, you there? I thought I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah you there, brother? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, was just, I think you said it was one thing you wanted me to get out to the community that I should, or maybe I'm, I'm missing myself. So I wanted to make sure I brought you on, and maybe you can get it out for us. Oh, no, I was just saying, you, you know, as we are talking about bettering ourselves and bettering our community um, and, and looking at self-mastery, et cetera, the mastermind is one of the best ways to do that. I think I'm a smart you guy, you. but you put me in a room with you and another person, collectively we're smarter. Um and, and nah, it makes just, sense. No, nah, it makes sense. No, nah, absolutely so makes that, sense. That and good. I just realized that the, the text came through right at the end, so I didn't know if it was something I got. I see you texted a few minutes later, so we was able to do it. All right, thanks a lot, King. I appreciate that. We will see y'all next Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Thanks a lot for all of the call-ins and love the first hour with Auto Sadata. Share this show with others. It will be available on all podcast streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, whatever you use, please share this show. See y'all next Saturday.